0: In what was a crazy week for upsets among the Power Five, Ohio State largely held serve. We'll talk about what we liked and what questions we have after a resounding win over Arkansas State in this edition of the 11 Dubcast. I'm Andy Vance, joined alongside, as always, the the great Johnny Gettert. Johnny, you know, this game, to me, was one that you expect to be played at noon in September Uh, A a not quite top tier opponent coming into the shoe in the heat of summer, the normal kind of what I call preseason game before you get into the meat of the Big Ten schedule. What were your first impressions uh, coming off the big Notre Dame win and then going into your typical noon snoozer uh, against a team like Arkansas State?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Ohio State kind of performed how I expect them to do. I mean, there's there's always going to be a hangover after a game that you're super hyped for and that you, you know, emotionally have to get really excited about and all that kind of stuff. I... I am not surprised that they looked maybe a little lethargic, a little disinterested at times. And the thing is, here's here's why I don't worry about that at all, because, yes, they had they basically alternated like what, like three and outs and then touchdowns. I mean, that's that's kind of what they did for the middle part of the game. But like, it's pretty obvious that whenever they felt like it, they could just score a touchdown. But yeah. they didn't always feel like it. They're like, OK, yeah. And then, you know, CJ Stroud would see an opening. You're like, OK, well, we'll just go for 40 yards on that bomb. How about that? And they just they seem kind of disengaged. And I'm not shocked by that. And it doesn't make me upset or worried um, because talent wise, scheme wise, all that stuff. I think they're still pretty freaking solid. And, and look, through two games, how many touchdowns have they given up? One? So, you know, I'm, I'm cool with, I'm cool with what I'm seeing so far, even though it wasn't like the 50 point blowout that some people had hoped for.
0: Yeah. there's one, there's a reason I don't bet a lot of college football games anyway, but there's a reason I think people who bet college football don't bet 44 point spreads because yeah, even, even if you have a decisive victory as Ohio state clearly did, you know, you're, you're still up against the expectation of, oh, you were supposed to beat them, by 44 points which is a, yeah. a huge number and it's not that ohio state's never done that uh, I, I still look at this team and think you know this is a team that uh is is very much a work in progress it's an extremely good work in progress but i don't expect this to be the version of the team uh quality wise that we see roll out against that team up north that we see roll out no. in a college football playoff game
1: no and they're still i mean they're still out two incredibly important offensive players. Um, they're still like, you know, trying to figure out, I think exactly what the defense is going to look like. And, you know, they're not showing a whole lot at the beginning of the season. I mean, they even said that after another day game, it's not like they like completely emptied the, the kitchen sink on that one. They, they basically did what they needed to do to win in both games. And in one sense, I think they played it more conservatively, um, you know, to... Win the game, right? With with grinded out, you know, hard nosed football, and that's great. In the other case, they they knew that they had a clear talent advantage, and they just did what they had to do. So I don't, I don't like I said, I don't take a whole lot of stock in anything that's happened uh, in that past game against Arkansas State beyond the fact that they won and they look pretty comfortable doing it. And you know, it's it's stuff to grow on. So there's improvement to be made. There are things that they can you know improve upon uh individually but uh, you know it's it's just not some people might be a little concerned like oh i can't believe they didn't put up 60 points 45 eh, still pretty good and they should have had more because they uh they really kind of dropped the ball on a uh they meaning the you know the 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 officials dropped the ball on a actual touchdown they did they that took was off the
0: board horrible i i mean that to, to me and it was funny because you had uh uh the the rules analyst on the television broadcast at a loss you know for why yeah. they They're like it's a
1: touchdown it's yeah, like, oh, it, it, well, it I very
0: because even if you go through all of that nonsense about what is a catch and the process of the catch and blah 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 he clearly had control and broke the plane right no so that's a touchdown no ifs ands or buts exactly because you you know, you, you don't have to get the ball into the end zone, write a note to your mama. It's just the nose of the ball breaking the plane and. Clearly yeah. it did. I, that, that was maddening. Now, Ohio state didn't need those points. I want to go back to something you said a minute ago, when you were talking about, uh, the team still being missing two very important pieces of its offense and, 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 and yet 370 yards passing, uh, 19, of 28 completed 19 and a half yards per completion four passing touchdowns even without two guys that figure to be a a major cog in the wheel of the passing game there there wasn't much you could complain about i don't know from ohio state's aerial attack last weekend
1: yeah no i mean cj stroud is cj stroud he's he's incredibly good and and just you know, the thing is, I think maybe understandably, some people are like, OK, well, you know, there's maybe there's a sophomore slump or maybe, you know, he wasn't as good as advertised or maybe people would key in on some of the things that he does. And so we won't be as effective or whatever. No, he's just he's the real deal. He's really, really, really freaking good. And some of those passes, I mean, it's it's amazing to me how effortlessly He's able to just just wing it into the tiniest little you know <laughs> the the little boxes to hit guys for touchdowns. I mean, it, it he is just effortlessly accurate, and he has an incredibly strong arm. Um, the dude's just a total package when it comes to just to throwing the ball. And I know people want him to run it a little bit more, and that's understandable. And maybe honestly, that might be sh- thrown into maybe sharper relief as the season goes on when you try to start comparing ohio state to michigan inevitably um but i, I just think overall the offense is really really good they were humming i mean not a whole lot of opportunities for guys like henderson and and, and chop but like you know when they were caught upon i think they did a really good job so you know, overall watching this game, I'm like, this is this is legit. Like, I'm still pretty happy with this performance and how it turned out. And they clearly slammed on the brakes in the fourth quarter as well. So um, yeah, I, I overall I'm I'm still pretty happy with this win.
0: Yeah, I think that's one that's worth talking about a little more is is the the defense um you know really the question going into the season was not ohio state's offense cj stroud as you said is cj stroud you've Mm -hmm. got this 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 embarrassment of riches at wide receiver brian hartline brings him in coaches him up brian day just puts together these brilliant plays and schemes and game plans and strings together plays that allow guys like route man marv to go straight off uh as the kids say these days three touchdowns for the second time in three starts that ain't a bad stat line for a young wide receiver uh so the offense never questioned the defense was the question going into the season to me two games in and quality of the opponent notwithstanding we'll talk about notre dame in a minute I, i'm feeling you know more and more confident each week in what Jim Knowles and his staff have cooking on that side of the ball. I really like what I see out of Michael Hall Jr. and Tommy Eichenberg. Uh That, the point being with the front end of that defense, Arkansas State ran 53 yards rushing. That was yep. it. 53 yards on 34 attempts. You're not going to be able to run against these guys. No, and and the thing is, and
1: that's been... That's been, in really, in my opinion, when people talk about the silver bullets and all that and, and what the identity of Ohio State defense is, I honestly think that in the past 20, 25 years, it's really been their ability to stop the run. And I think about you know, they've played some of these Big Ten teams that have prided themselves on running the ball, like even programs where it's like systemic with Wisconsin, right? Like that's been their whole identity. And if you look at some of these marquee games, you know, especially a team like Wisconsin, but including Penn State and Michigan, where they're running teams, by and large, where Ohio State has like kind of impressed defensively is their ability to completely shut down opposing running backs. And so when you've got a situation like this where it really does look like they are that good. Um and again they'll have opportunities to show it, you know, for real against against teams that maybe we have a little more confidence in in, and their ability to run the ball. But I don't know. You look here's what I would say. You look at the stat line and it's not a situation where, you know, Ohio State is getting gashed but then getting off the field on third downs, things like that. I don't how many tackles for loss did they have? against you know arkansas state i mean they had they had they had to have had like almost double digits 12
0: with the yeah i mean 12. that's insane 12 tackles for
1: loss and two sacks and, and again look it's arkansas state i'm not saying that these are like some world beaters or whatever but the fact no, that no these but guys,
0: but i do think you have to acknowledge now and we're going to talk more about this later in the program with the teams who did lose and there were a bunch of them right the right. transfer portal has changed the dynamic of what these Sun Belt teams can, can put on yeah. the field talent wise.
1: Yes, and you can't you can't pretend like you can just roll out there and, and have superior talent and then none of that means anything because I think it does mean something and and like you said, and we're gonna get into it, but it absolutely matters because you can't just routinely do this against every single team, and when I see a guy like Steel Chambers, for example, right, who you know a converted running back guy who I don't think anybody expected. <laughs> to have the kind of defensive impact that he's had is going out there and, and just like doing amazing things like that's. And of course, you know, even Tommy Eichenberg obviously, and, and Mike Hall, I don't think anybody really saw him having the kind of impact that just to me is coaching that, that is, a team with a lot of talent, but also a team that has been coached very, very well and will perform well against pretty much everybody. And so that's what I like to see. Not This doesn't feel fluky, I guess is what I'm trying to say. None of this feels like an accident or a, you know just a result of a single game or something like that. It really does look like they're putting some things together that will be um impactful in late october and throughout november. so that's that's what i'm excited about. and there are definitely some things to, you know, improve like i said and 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 you know, make sure that they can clean up a little bit, particularly when it comes to penalties for example or even a guy like, you know, people were expecting great things out of a guy like uh um Denzel Burke who did not have an amazing game.
0: No he um, did not. But
1: he did not, but that's the thing. Like those are things that can be improved upon and changed. And and that's what you want to look forward to is the evolution of a team. And, And that's not, to me, this is not a team that's sitting on its laurels, relying on talent alone. They're clearly understanding the defense, the scheme, and they're working within it. And that's why you see so many tackles for loss and guys who are relatively unheralded having really good, you know, games and seasons so far. Um, because it's it's working and that's what i like about it so i you know again who knows what they're going to look like in a couple months but i right now i'm a believer in what the defense is doing and
0: what the team's doing overall and same here and the other thing i like is even when you had uh, a guy like burke who who struggled at times against champ flemings uh who caught literally everything that was thrown at him um, for arkansas state it it felt like it wasn't necessarily that uh burke was out of position or missed his assignment or you know he he was he was doing what he said he just didn't make the tackle or Flemings beat him or whatever it was it wasn't where you know and and same thing with the pass interference penalties that gifted the one scoring drive for arkansas state uh that was one where okay you know what i'd rather you play aggressive i guess than whatever the heck last year was (laughs) Mm -hmm. which was the opposite of aggressive uh that, that that to me is a thing because you can you can rein in that sort of aggressiveness i, I guess that you right. can you can rein in a team that is hungry that is flying to the ball and you can dial in that discipline i think easier than you can kick them in the ass midseason because mm-hmm. they've you know again whatever last year was and by so, the way to your
1: point real quick sorry i mean you mentioned for example like the transfer portal and whatnot champ flemings is like a fifth year player right? Like he's a fifth year and he had been at Oregon state. I mean, this is a guy who was in a power five conference for four years and caught like thousands of yards of passes. And, you know, like almost a hundred, you know, had almost a hundred catches. Like this is not a dude who, you know, is inexperienced and just some random Yahoo from Arkansas state. Like this is a guy who is experienced, who is talented. And uh yeah, I mean, it's, there are things that can be cleaned up. They can be, they can be improved upon and it's, it's something to grow on. And I like that.
0: I'm, I'm excited to see how this defense continues to develop. Now the one area of concern I do have is with the defensive secondary. And, and I think that's one that we kind of talked about going in. You felt of, of the different position groups, you felt really confident about the defensive line and you felt really confident or potentially really confident about the linebackers but, but the one area where Arkansas state did have some success was passing against Ohio state's defense, 223 yards through the air, uh, clearly not enough to win the game. I mean, they only completed uh, 25 of 42 and and you figure they were throwing a lot more uh, because they were in such a deep hole, but, you know, completing uh, nearly nine yards per catch. Okay. That's not going to get you any, any, any major prize, but they did have, some success, uh, passing against Ohio state Fleming's we talked about. So clearly he was a big part of that in the first two weeks. Have you seen enough that, that, that is, uh, something that's going to keep you up at night as you get into the big 10 schedule here in a few weeks, or, or do you think there's enough here that that Niles can, can work with what he's got and keep Ohio state from living too dangerously?
1: I, you know, I, 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 the thing is is that i'm trying to think about who are they do they really have to worry about you know what i mean like if you're looking at the schedule and you're going okay well what 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 do they got to tighten this thing up i mean maybe maryland <laughs> like yeah i no, i mean i think that no you, but for real laugh, that's I actually think that's legit. legitimately yeah that's legitimately probably the first team where they really have to go okay we better make sure our defense, like our secondary or, you know, our DBs are, are got this, you know, tightened up a little bit by November 19th. They, you know, and if they don't by that time, then yeah, there's an issue, but, I don't know. You're not talking about a murderer's row of quarterbacks at this point. And um, I mean, Peyton Dorn, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, that's fine. And then, you know, Michigan I, State, that's I can't
0: believe you didn't mention Iowa. I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> I and mean, they do have Iowa here, you know, in October. I
1: actually am morbidly, I'll be honest, like that had gone from typical, like, okay, Iowa's bad, you know, offensively, and I don't really want to watch their game. So now I'm like really excited to watch an Iowa game. <laughs> because i want to see no but for real i want to see how bad it can get offensively i really am curious to see exactly what kind of depths they can plumb uh, they, they can really like just you know get into uh, with with how awful uh, their quarterback play is cuz that it is really kind of fascinating at this
0: point so i mean so far iowa's scored a cumulative 14 points in its first two games hell yeah uh one against San Diego State <laughs> which won they against... won <laughs> yeah, I know how
1: dare that's... you impugn the good name of the Iowa Hawkeyes this is not um, a losing football team
0: setting college football back 40 years uh is Spencer the Iowa Hawkeyes. I,
1: yeah it's it's kind of wild to watch the, the discussion game.
0: around the campfire today was that uh his his GPA is yeah, actually it might probably actually higher, be higher than, than his, than his quarterback. yeah that's good it's good when your GPA is higher than your rating yeah, that's hilarious. You may be um, a quarterback.
1: Yeah. So, anyway, my point is, is that I'm looking at the schedule. I'm not going, you know, exactly shaking in my boots here uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, the murderer's row that Ohio State has to face, um, you know, in terms of the passing game. I think they'll figure it out. And plus, with the defense playing as well as it is, you know, a defensive line playing as well as it is. Um, and generating pressure without having to blitz i mean that's that to me is a huge game changer in terms of scheme and and what you're able to do and that is such relief on the safeties and the linebackers and the corners and for them to be able to do that if they can do that consistently and they did do it against a pretty good i mean to say whatever you want about notre dame at this point and and a lot can be said yeah uh, still a, a veteran you know legit offensive line uh, that they still, I think, perform pretty damn well against. So,
0: all right. You mentioned Notre Dame. So let's crack into that egg. Notre Dame was one of several big time teams to, well, you know, lose. Yeah. Not just to lose, but (sighs) to lose to teams they were paying to play football I guess I don't know. Was Marshall actually a payday game? It probably I don't know was. if Marshall was a payday I, game. I, it, okay. kind of, it, it feels
1: like it should be, but I bet they weren't. I, major- I, you know?
0: Marshall's legit enough. Maybe maybe they weren't. The others that yeah. we're going to talk about in this list were which. Lol. Marshall takes down Notre Dame twenty six to twenty one. Marcus Freeman becoming the first Notre Dame coach to start his tenure with three consecutive losses. Uh, that stings a little bit if you're you're Freeman. Uh, but what does this say about Ohio State's? to date marquee victory from week one does it say anything
1: i think it makes it i think it lessens it you know and i and some people are like oh that's you know it's still a big game they still had to perform all this stuff nah i don't know i think i think it's maybe notre dame showing their ass a little bit and i think maybe people are starting to realize that they are not quite as good as they uh maybe are as advertised and by the way i predicted ohio state to blow out Notre Dame because of some of their deficiencies that I think we're starting to recognize are very, in fact, real. Um, So it's funny because if Ohio state had blown out Notre Dame, then nobody would be surprised by, you know, them losing to Marshall and then maybe looking a lot worse than what people expected, because it was relatively close. There was still that kind of veneer of, well, this is a marquee win. And, you know, both of these are good teams that, you know, play to their competition and blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, man, I I think it does take the shine off that one a little bit because I don't think they're going to be very good. I I think for the rest of the season, they're going to be, they're going to be struggling quite a bit. And now, I mean, (laughs) with even more injuries coming their way, uh, they're, they're in, deep doo-doo uh for the rest of the season uh you know they're not gonna have their starting quarterback for what like the rest of the season basically um yeah they're it's tough they're in a very tough position and they are not going to help out ohio state at the end of the season when it comes to strength of schedule and all that kind of stuff
0: yeah it's and you have to be careful as an ohio state fan because you you'd pump that game up so much top five opponent prime time yada 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 and, and, you know, now it's, I think a lot of fans, uh, have kind of been enjoying laughing at, uh, because of some of the stuff that Notre Dame, yeah you know, Notre Dame talked a lot of crap, right. Did. And, and Marcus Freeman, uh, you know, how legitimately do you think he was taking a shot or not? But fans certainly interpreted that Freeman over the course of the summer was taking some shots at his alma mater, uh, intentional or not. And so now there's the Schadenfreude factor, right? That you're kind of enjoying. And, and I think Ohio state fans have enjoyed Notre Dame's misfortunes over the years anyway. So, but, but here you go. This is your, this is your marquee victory and you know, Arkansas state to me played a tougher game in in some ways than they challenged Ohio state. Maybe that's what I want to say. Challenged Ohio state in some ways that Notre Dame did not. Um, so I, that to me was interesting, but there's Notre Dame loss to Marshall say, you know, hats off to Marshall. That's, that's a, it's, and it's funny how you look at the same game, two different ways. Ohio state's win over Notre Dame. Now is maybe a less, a little less shiny and bright and wonderful. And Marshall, you're going to Hey, that's a good win for Marshall. Good job guys. You know? yeah, right. That's right. funny. How per, perception is everything. The sad news for Notre Dame, their uh, quarterback, Tyler Buckner out for the season with a shoulder injury in that game. Another mm-hmm. quarterback who suffered a shoulder injury and is going to miss uh, at least a month is former Ohio state enrollee Quinn yours yep. who started for Texas and you know was kind of lighting them up there a little bit and then well things turned uh unfortunate for the the big orange mullet I'm actually I'm
1: sad about that I mean he was look I, I know people like ah just desserts how dare you leave Ohio state but first of all that's dumb second of all you never want to see anybody get hurt. And and third of all, he was doing really well. Like you, you hate, especially against like Alabama. I mean, this was a marquee game. Texas finally, possibly having the opportunity to claw their way out of the muck and the mire of mediocrity. And that would have been a hell of a statement win. And you had a guy again who was just throwing lightning bolts out there and it's just, it sucks. It really, really sucks. I hope that it recovers quickly and he's, he gets back to his form that he had that, you know, you briefly kind of glimpsed um, because that you never want to see, you know, a really good young talent like that get, get hurt, especially so early in the season. Um And especially when they had the opportunity to take out the number one team in the country. So I don't know, man, that, that made me sad. I was, I was really not like crying about it, but it sucks.
0: I'll take a marginally different take. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly with the part of your take in which you say, you never want to see a player injured. I'm, I'm all aboard, all all on board that. Um, When, when I, when I curse at the television during a football game, I usually will say things like, you know, uh, steal his girlfriend and, Take his milk money, not you know, break him in half and rip off his head or anything like mm-hmm. that. You know, you you really don't want. Uh, the dangerous injured. enough sport. We don't yes. need more. Yeah, ab- absolutely, absolutely. I will never celebrate a player uh being injured. That said, I would have been perfectly thrilled for him to go out and throw 17 straight interceptions.
1: That also would have been funny, though. That's the <laughs> thing. I look my my I, I, my,
0: key... my point being is like I don't have any. I don't have any good wishes for this guy. Unlike unlike a Joe Burrow. <laughs> who you could root for legitimately all season long when he was with LSU and not feel bad about it as an Ohio State fan. But
1: why would you vote them? Why? I mean, I don't understand. Like, he made he made a financial decision for himself. He's, I mean, he ended up becoming the starting quarterback in a marquee program. And it still worked out for Ohio State because he still got C.J. Stratton. I don't, I don't understand why anybody would hold any animosity toward the dude.
0: I, I think I'm never going to celebrate somebody using my alma mater strictly for money i don't think he ever had any intention of playing football at ohio state that's but he, my personal opinion though i mean i don't I, know i i just i i think you know ohio state was used if i put it this way if the texas legislature had allowed or the high school association whoever it was that were involved that had to, uh, to decide rule that no high school kids can't make nil money or whatever it was he would never have come to ohio state the only reason he came to ohio state was to cash that sweet nil check yeah. I'm not going to begrudge anybody the opportunity to make money, but the fact that you got out of Dodge at the very first opportunity. I I just I I don't have to have any ill will for him in the sense sure. of, you know, that like, I like you know, want his car to, you know, blow up on the side of the road or anything, like or nothing <laughs> like that. But but yeah, if he'd gone out and throw 16 straight interceptions, I would have laughed all day long. So yeah, I, guess I mean that I,
1: would have been very funny as as well yeah and and and, and, it's, and the
0: thing about it is like i don't be great you know if, he, if he'd set the bench for a year or two or something like that you know again the joe burrow thing is a great example like you know that was a smart that was a smart decision he did the right thing for him that was good but but there was the dues paying in there in the process like this is one of those where like yes it's always all about the money but like sometimes it should be a little bit not just about the money you know like there's a sweet spot in there, I guess is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, and the thing is, is that like, I'm always, my rooting interest aside from Ohio State is almost always aligned to whatever I think is the funniest thing.
0: Yeah, so like, yeah
1: right. So, so, so Texas being Alabama would have been very funny. However, him also throwing like 17 interceptions and Texas losing by 50 would have been, just as funny so either of those outcomes i would have been fine with i just i just wanted to see the guy who was performing really well not get hurt and then maybe get a shot at taking out alabama and by the way the the hand wringing in tuscaloosa after that game is very that's also very amusing to me oh my gosh yes because they are losing their minds and again this is you know whatever their alabama fans have no reason to be upset about anything basically for the next 40 to 50 years Uh, but regardless, it's, I like to see him squirm a little bit and that was kind of fun. Um, you know, Texas A&M losing, I mean, that's, (laughs) that's another hilarious outcome, especially because just what a, you know, there really are fan bases in college football and I don't like to generally paint with this wide of a brush um when it comes to like college football fandom because I think a lot of it is really kind of the same like do I think that Michigan and Ohio State fans are fundamentally like incredibly different they're a little different I think how they approach things and the mentality and whatnot but is it like night and day cat no not really are Alabama and Auburn fans that much different no of course not Tuscaloosa like those two schools are like 60 miles apart like come on they're, they're yeah, the right. same people <laughs> right. but there are some fan bases there are some groups where i'm like this is truly weird and annoying the aggies are one of those tennessee is absolute excuse me absolutely one of those um i think people could argue that maybe ohio state was one of those oh i think that's just kind of a like an insane wind tunnel of just like angst and anxiousness that people you know wander into occasionally and, and you know wander out of and they're like what the hell is that and that's kind of ohio state um but really texas a&m and tennessee maybe you know like miami when they're like super like when they have delusions of grandeur or whatever um those are really the programs that you're like wow these this is a whole different thing so for them to pay a guy i don't know how much is Jimbo? like nine and a half million something like that it's over you know like 75
0: million dollars yeah i mean he was pretty i mean he was about the first guy other than nick saban to get paid like obscene money yeah his contract to leave Florida state and go to go and then they renegotiated the contract
1: like that was what's crazy about it they're like well you know what we gave you a ton of money let's give you more money Mm -hmm. and then they go out and they you know have middling results and then they go out and lose what that was app state right so i mean taking out another power five team um I don't know. It that was a lot of fun to watch. And a lot of these upsets, a lot of these teams going out there and, and kicking the teeth in of these uh, you know, quote unquote traditional powers is, is a lot of fun to watch, especially when it's not Ohio State.
0: And, and you know, and I think the the thing that is interesting about that twofold. One the portal is an interesting component of this because yeah, you, you can you can now outsource your your talent development to some extent to Bigger programs with more resources. If you're an app state, if you're um, a marshal, if you're any of these other teams that we've been talking about, uh, Arkansas State, even you know, they're, they're, there's now a huge waiver wire out there, and you can go and pick up guys that are four and five star caliber or at least high threes that maybe could have been fours. Who knows? They've had a year or two or three or four in some cases. Uh, experience in a big time program or or at least a you know program at a at a higher level than yours you don't have to do all of your work on the recruiting trail at the high school level you can do some of your recruiting here off the waiver wire so i, th- I think that's that's something that bears watching the other part of it too is you you see this situation where going into the season, I think we all said, okay, here's three teams that are a lock for the college football playoff. Like if you had to bet the farm, you would feel pretty confident in saying Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio state are going to be in the college football playoff with a Clemson or, you know, insert the the fourth one might be an open question. Could it be a Michigan? Could it be a, you know, whomever. So the expansion of the playoff now, has made it, which really we didn't talk
1: about last week. Actually, we need, yeah, like that's a big, that's a huge thing right
0: now. It's a huge thing because the expansion of the playoff could change some of these dynamics in terms of who, who really does have a shot and could a. Uh, uh, a team like a, a Marshall that comes in and beats a Notre Dame. And if they string together a schedule and win their conference or whatever, could they be somebody that gets in a playoff in the future and so on and so forth. We could have been talking about, you know, Cincinnati last year, obviously was, was, was when the the story works out, at least up until the point that the actual playoff happens. So that, that's really kind of interesting, but then there's all of these, all of these dollars, that are now being spread around the sport and and there's always been a lot of dollars in the sport, but from the obscene coaching salaries, because everybody is suddenly going to be a $10 million man. Mm -hmm. You've, you've got the NIL money out there. That's at play. I think we're in a really interesting time. We've kind of gone from where it was Alabama and everybody else for 20 years to now, like I, I could see there being some real disruption here over the next five, 10 years. Now, maybe it will end up being still Ohio state, Alabama, and Georgia from now until doomsday with, you know, some other players that pop up from time to time. That would, that would tend to be the safe bet. But when you see these upsets, all of these upsets in week two, you say, you know what? There's still some really interesting dynamics at play in this sport. It's not just play the game on paper because the favorites always win
1: right and that's why i you know the i i've wanted expansion for the playoff for a while for exactly that reason and i think that uh it's going to provide a lot of opportunities for people to maybe revisit some of these games towards the end of the season and go okay well so we were super stoked about that upset that happened in maybe week 3 or 4 that team is still undefeated maybe they should get a spot in the expanded playoff and i like that's the kind of thing that I want people like, oh, well, maybe these games will be blowouts. Who cares? They're Already blowouts. <laughs> like, they've been blowouts. That's, that's what we've been getting for basically the past eight years. I don't, you know, that doesn't bother me. I, I want to see interesting things happen in college football that that's really what it is i don't like the idea that we'll have to watch another sec versus sec championship that is the most boring tedious thing that i can possibly imagine and look if it ends up that way with a 12 team playoff then fine we just have to throw up our hands and say that the sec does football better than everybody else and that's just the way you got to deal with it but i don't really think that'll happen I, i i really truly think that when you expand the playoff and you make things a little bit more dicey Maybe you ask some of these teams who aren't one of the top, you know, four seeds to go to a place that might be in the North and play on a campus where they might have to wear long sleeves that might impact some things a little bit. And I just, I want to, I I want that to happen or at least have the opportunity to happen as opposed to just shutting it down and saying, well, all these upsets during the regular season were fun, but now, Let's go back to the norm and then, you know, just allow these same power five conferences or same teams from these power five conferences to just run the playoff and, you know, in in the narrative. And that's just not fun for me. Um, And that's I understand exactly how ironic that is coming from an Ohio State fan. Um, But that's the thing. I think Ohio State fans prefer it when Ohio State's an underdog anyway and disrespected so like if you're talking about like the buys like no 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 no, no. we we, we want to be disrespected we want to be the <laughs> underdogs that have to go into somebody else's backyard
0: and beat the crap
1: out of them. i think ohio state fans would love that
0: um gotta, gotta love that bulletin board material regardless you know yeah exactly need that stuff the uh other loss that we have to talk about above the the fbs programs who took it on the chin and in this case definitely in a payday game nebraska losing to Georgia Southern a one and two start to the 2022 season. And Trev Alberts felt compelled by hooker by crook to fire head coach Scott Frost, a former favored son of the program. They couldn't wait three weeks
1: to avoid that seven and a half
0: million dollar buyout. Now, now, you know, there's two questions here, Johnny one, politically speaking, did alberts have to fire him now to avoid losing the fan base and in in theory the donor class was was his hand forced because of the georgia southern loss in other words i think frost was already dead man walking then second part of that question is was this one of those things even if he didn't feel like he had to to salvage whatever he could goodwill with the fan base and so on was this just a nice thing to do for Scott Frost because he's a former starting quarterback of the <laughs> program? No, I don't think that was it.
1: Um, I do think it was dumb to not fire him at the end of last season because like, and I don't know. Do you, I mean, did, do you think that Nebraska was maybe huffing their own farts where people are like, Hey, you know, dark horse <laughs> out there in the West, maybe they're going to win the, the oh division. Like, I don't, I don't know if they actually bought into that. Um and, and maybe that's why they decided not to pull the trigger, but obviously it's not going to get any better after this. They're not going to suddenly improve as a team. It's not because Scott Frost was just, you know, rolling the dice every single time and every single play and just randomly calling things. They just, they don't have the cohesiveness. They don't have the scheme. They're not going to make that with an interim coach. Um, and, and really I don't see what kind of advantage you gain by, you know, not firing up the end of last year and just waiting till the end of this year. And so they're not probably, they're not going to a bowl. Like I, I you know, so I don't know. It, it, it feels like really weird timing. Um, you know, at this point, I don't think they care about the seven and a half million dollars. I just want to be, well, no one rid me of this meddlesome priest, right? Like, I, I just feel like they had to make a move because they were just so fed up with it. But that, you know, that's a result of them not making the correct move months and months in advance so i don't know pretty dumb
0: yeah the question about were they were they high on their own supply or you believe in your own press releases i think that had to be part of it and and you look at last year uh we we kept saying they were the best awful team in america they were three and nine and and people talked about that because of their nine losses eight of them were by a score or less you know so they were in it felt like a lot of football games that they ultimately lost but you know as as uh i think it was um burgess meredith's character in grumpy old men you know you can wish in one hand or no that was burgess meredith and rocky wasn't it you can wish in one hand and crap in the other and see which one fills up first right you know (laughs) like you know you yeah you you were in all of those games but you still lost them yeah so you know that that doesn't really change the fact that they were close losses doesn't really change anything. The,
1: actually it makes it worse because of how bad the like it look, if Nebraska and Scott Frost truly were just unlucky, at a certain point, right, those close losses would revert to the mean. You wouldn't close continue wins. to you wouldn't continue to lose them all the time. But when you get to be like what, like five and twenty-two, maybe that's a hint that you're just bad at coaching.
0: <laughs> well, and look, and, and here's and here's the, the, the sign that what you just said is true is when uh mid-august there's a report from local media out that frost is bragging about the fact that the offensive line's throwing up 15 to 20 times a practice Ooh, yeah, what, what's I, that yeah, again, and i coach? was just joking haha that's real funny like wait, wait what like that was madness to me uh right i mean i wouldn't want to think that your players had thrown up 15 to 20 times all camp long let alone Fifteen to twenty day times per practice.
1: Yeah, that's like, that's,
0: that's madness. Look, On the one hand, you I've, look- I've worked out so
1: much. I've I've been in teams where I like you know pushed so hard that I threw up. Yeah, wasn't an ideal situation, and it certainly wasn't happening like every single time I went out there. And and, and
0: it wasn't good for your development.
1: No, no, it wasn't. No, it was because-, because I had boneheaded coaches who thought it was great to practice in one hundred degree weather and yes. then like use water as a reward. That was yep. stupid. That was right. really stupid. And if you have D one coaches at high level college football, who are like having that same mentality, then you're dumb and you're a bad coach. And that's how that, you know, so it, to me, like the fact that he thought that was a flex and then it's like, I'm just joking guys, just joking. Like, okay, then why were you even joking about it? It just makes you look stupid. Like, sorry, I was, I was only pretending to be dumb. Don't worry. Like, that's that's
0: terrible. That makes you look worse. It did. I I I heard that story. It was like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And I can't believe a, a, a division one coach is bragging about this. Like, I would think this is questionable if a JV coach was doing it, let alone a guy that's been paid all this money to coach one of the all time, you know, great programs in football history. Granted, yeah. not Stupid. In this century, but. I, yeah. So in that regard, I mean, I think if I'd been Trav Alberts, then I'd put my arm around old frosty and say, you know, coach, (laughs) but you're right. I mean, this was a decision they should have made a year ago because the stats, uh, not compelling, despite that, that whole thing about being the best three and nine team in America or whatnot. Overall, frost finishes with a record of 16 and 31, zero bowls, zero winning seasons zero wins over ranked opponents like what did you have yes. what did you have to hang your hat on that said yeah let's bring him back for one more try like that's right that's the thing that just blows my mind uh there was there was nothing there I, that you could say yeah i think this is going to get better right exactly and it's not going to get better now uh they should have waited kept the seven and a half million dollars spent yeah on, might as well better coaches Screw it. something yeah you had literally nothing to lose Uh, because you've already lost to georgia southern so all right right Uh, ohio state is doing an interesting thing i think let's talk about this before we get into uh, uh questions from the audience for the third time in four weeks ohio state will be playing a night game uh the start time for wisconsin announced it'll be a night game toledo is going to be a night game and i I didn't quite realize that until I was writing this week's debriefing after the Arkansas state game. Why are we playing Toledo at night again? No shade to Toledo or anything, but that's another game that should be played at noon in September, not at seven 30 on primetime television. Am I wrong?
1: Uh, no, you're not, uh, selfishly. I mean, now with my current working situation, yeah, I
0: I like night games too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, no. I can get stuff done all day long. And that's my evening plan is watching. football. It's it's, weird. It's
1: really weird. And it makes you feel like obligated to like make a thing of it but um i don't know i it, it flipped i used to be like all against night games like no this is bad but now i'm like all right fine let me let me take care of crap in the morning and you know go pick some apples or do whatever i need to do i think it depends on if buckets. you're watching
0: the game at home or if you're going to the game i think if you're going to the i'm game, not going
1: to i don't care i don't care if it's a night game on the moon you know and elon musk's rocket i'm not going to a night game <laughs> against Toledo that's not like again I understand like the atmosphere is different and fun and and whatnot but if if I really have to pick and choose my spots you know what I mean like let's say I got a choice I can really script and save and go to a a nooner or a 330 game against the likes of Penn State or Wisconsin or Michigan I'm going to choose that 100 percent of the time over a night game against Toledo
0: this is going to be uh I, I think interesting to see how how many night games ohio state ends up playing cuz you've got 3 here in the first 4 weeks um you're you know you're going to see rutgers is a 330 kick apparently uh so we know that one as well it won't surprise me if ohio state plays some more october games at night just because oh, i bet they will well i mean look at it this way these networks know what team draws better than any other in the country ratings wise it's yeah. ohio state ohio state is the clear Undisputed category killer when it comes to tv ratings for college football. Yep, and so with that in mind, you know, you look; these networks are getting their hooks in. You got ESPN, um, you know, airing. I'm sorry, ABC will be airing the Wisconsin game. ABC had the Notre Dame game, and and Fox took, you know, Fox took the Toledo game as prime time, even though it's Toledo. It's they know they're going to get numbers, so that that's kind of interesting. I just, the Toledo game being at night is 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 just very odd it is very it's odd goofy to me. uh but hey you know hopefully CJ Stroud has some Heisman worthy moment there, I guess. And the defense shuts him out and everybody walks away saying, man, that Ohio state uh, team is, is really good before we go to ask us anything new feature of the program. Uh, I mentioned it last week, a little birdie told me, uh, if you are not already following us on the Twitter, you should do so. You can do so at twitter.com slash 11 dubcast 11 E L E V N dubcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter there and engage with us throughout the week. That would be super swell. Bryant uh, posed this enigma, and we talked about it a little bit earlier. Is Notre Dame a bad team, and and how worried should we be about that? Uh, Brian, I think we covered that pretty well earlier in the program, but, but I would say I wanted to bring this up because I wanted to say Bryant also gets gold stars for having some absolutely phenomenal-looking ribs that he played, (laughs) that he smoked um, while waiting for, the game that's the other great thing Saturday. about
1: the about the later games is you can really like you can bump up that buffet that game buffet right while you're watching. You got some time to order a pizza. I don't know. That's, I mean, Brian, Bryant, like Bryant
0: was dedicated because he was up. Uh, he had ribs on the smoker at 7:55. Good for him. Um, and and he I asked him afterward for a full review. He said eight out of ten. Um, and that included a four from the Russian judge, which I <laughs> I, I got a kick out of. Uh, so you know, thanks to Bryant for. For a picture of some phenomenal ribs and kudos to you, my friend. So we covered your 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 question, but more importantly, we want to give you a little shout out. Uh, and so friends again, follow us on Twitter at 11 dubcast. All right, Johnny, I think it's time to go to the mailbag. What do you say?
1: Yeah, let's do ask us anything. And reminder, you can ask us anything by sending us questions to dubcast at eleven warriorscom And you know, we like answering literally anything. That's why it's called ask us anything. so we gotta we gotta get into it. And by the way, excellent example of what i'm talking about this is from joshua f who says uh besides uh a wait okay let me make sure i get this right besides as a single piece of toast what is the best culinary used for a single piece of bread
0: oh and the specific thing there being a single piece of bread yeah, you
1: only get one piece of bread
0: uh half a grilled cheese sandwich
1: do you ever do the foldy over that's yeah. what we call it in the in the ginter household i wouldn't have it. called it
0: that but yeah i mean like we yeah totally I like not regularly now, but for sure. And over the years, you know, you're you've got one piece of bread and you put something on it and fold it yeah. over and go.
1: I gotta say though, you know what? And this is something this is a, a big vice of mine. Uh anytime we have something with like spaghetti sauce, which is often because I enjoy my pastas, uh they're you know, they got that leftover spaghetti sauce in the bottom of your plate. What are you gonna yeah. do with it? Mm-hmm. Well, you could lick it off like a crazy person, which I've done, yeah. or if you're in the you know mixed company, you go ahead, you slather some butter on that piece of bread, and you yeah. mop it up, you mop it up like an American, and you eat it, and it's delicious, and that combo is is very very good. So that's what I said. That that is probably for me. I, I'm a I'm all about that. And here's the other thing that I do, and I think we've maybe discussed this on the Dubcast. But make it a peanut butter little peanut butter
0: foldy over, stick that in your bowl of chili. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. We for grandma grandma always served peanut butter sandwiches with with chili um i haven't Delicious. done that in a long time i need it it is actually you know i wouldn't i you wouldn't think so but i mean you i like uh grilled cheese and, and tomato soup together and, and peanut butter sandwiches with with chili works yeah. absolutely works the other thing i would say and this is hats off to the stunning mrs vance what she will do with with uh bread is she will make this uh, cinnamon sugar toast this cinnamon sugar bread i mean it's not we don't do it in the toaster but she'll put you know butter bread and put cinnamon sugar all over it and put it in the oven and and kind of toast it up that sounds good to me yeah that's pretty legit
1: i like it uh all right this is from a good friend alvin we've talked about this a little bit but he wants to know if you were a star athlete at ohio state what would be your preferred nil deal um you know for me i it's got to be something just stupid and ridiculous and and probably (laughs) like i don't you know if I'm a star athlete at Ohio state, I got to believe my money's coming from multiple revenue streams. Right. So I would definitely want to include something that I feel very personally, like strongly about that. Maybe they'll throw me a couple hundred bucks, but it's not really about the money. It's about making a point. So like, I really like Ticonderoga pencils. I think they're great. I think they're the best <laughs> brand of pencil out there. I love this. So I would want to get on a primetime spot. <laughs> You know, maybe maybe Ohio State's playing in Michigan and everybody's, you know, tens of millions of eyeballs are on Ohio State football. And then all of a sudden, like halfway between the, you know, the, the third and fourth quarter, there's a 30 second spot for John again for Ticonderoga pencils like that. It would be something that I care very strongly about that no one else can fathom <laughs> or understand why I'm getting paid to endorse. But it's because it's something that matters to me. And so like. Yeah, something like Ticonderoga pencils would be right up my alley. Yeah, and by I, the way, if any if any uh, executives at Ticonderoga are listening to this, uh, your your Black Murado pencil is really fantastic, and you should sponsor the Dubcast.
0: That's fantastic, you know. And and unfortunately, uh, I think categories are prohibited for some of the super fun ones, like I was going to say, find me a bourbon sponsor uh you know find me let's see can I can I get uh can I get the local casino or uh yeah, there you go. You know, that's not gonna happen. So so I'm gonna go with um uh, you know the obvious one is a is a good car deal. Uh good car deals are are great, you know that that's wonderful. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say I would really like uh certified Angus beef and Ohio uh company because I would I would envision myself you know as an offensive lineman and where's the beef you know right up front and so give me uh give me certified angus beef as my nil deal right. or 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 i would uh, i would also say let's uh how about jeff ruby uh my man downtown with the finest steakhouse in columbus give me a okay. give me an nil deal with jeff ruby like that's yeah i'm I, i'm all about the beef
1: i can see that um all right so the next one here this is from eric for the upcoming return of the college football video game in 2023 ea sports asked you to re- create ohio state's all-time team a fantasy team of the best players at each position in Ohio state history who's your starting quarterback and running back great question
0: yeah running back for me um i mean honestly the very first thing that popped into my head is it'll always be archie griffin <laughs> and Yeah, i know but i know but people are gonna laugh about that i i know i know because it's uh, but uh um, five
1: foot two 120 pounds i know i know i know <laughs> the
0: real answer to that question the real answer to that question is zeke elliott yeah and I struggle with that because I'd like to say Eddie George, just because watching Eddie George run was a thing of beauty. But my God, how many times did Eddie did Ezekiel Elliott just run the hell over teams? I I mean that. And again, you know, here though, I'm I, as I spitball about it. Well, I don't want to. I don't it's want hard. To I mean, running back is really, really hard. I mean, Maurice because... Claret is it, it, like is you know. Do you go with the obvious talent of Maurice Claret? Versus, you know, the the proven production, like kind of if if well, what Maurice about J.K. Been, Dobbins?
1: I mean, the well, only guy to run for two thousand yards in Ohio State. Yeah, see, like,
0: yeah, and he was, and he's the fourth guy, you know, fourth or or more guy that I would have thought of. So, so you have some really great options at at running back. You know, to me, quarterback's a much clearer cut question. Is it though? I mean, I yeah, feel like that I, be I, think just, I, mean, I think it's just I think it's Justin Fields, and I don't think I have to really
1: yeah i mean in terms of talent i I think that's a valid i think that's an absolutely valid choice i would agree with that
0: and and you know part of the problem is because archie griffin literally was the first name that popped into my head when i'm going to do my you know all-time fantasy team and then you start talking about the way not just the way the game of football has evolved but the way that the athletes have evolved strength training conditioning etc 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 all those things and you start talking about you know archie is not a huge gentleman um you know and does that matter in this modern game of football so you start thinking about all of those things does it make sense to pluck a guy from the 60s 70s 80s even versus the cats who've been playing this game in the last 20 years so Yeah, that that's an interesting philosophical question too. Now, if you ask me who I think is the greatest quarter uh, the greatest, greatest running back of all time, I will forever and a day say Archie Griffin. The greatest to ever do it. Um, but yeah, for the purposes of this, I'd say my final answer would be Zeke Elliott and Justin Fields. Where are you going? I
1: mean, that's yeah, and and I, you know, and and I would probably if I'm using my my brain, I think I would go with both of those as the answer. Um
0: but you questioned field. So you were going to go with somebody else on quarterback, though.
1: The thing is, because I was thinking about like, you, you know, you look at these EA games and they're like, okay, you have these all time teams, right? And so yes. they like to really do throwbacks and guys who they think would be just as successful. And I remember, you know, in the 90s i'm thinking about like joe germain like would joe germain be as successful or just as successful as like a guy like justin Fields? i don't know maybe i mean if if you put him in the same kind of system or with the same kind of training i mean i he struck me as a guy who was kind of a modern quarterback mm-hmm. um you know maybe a little bit ahead of his time not yeah. super far ahead of his time when no no but doing, i mean i think that's fair but you see what i'm saying like and that's what i think about because i'm like okay well some of these dudes i don't think archie griffin would, would probably translate one-to-one, you know, even given the the kind of training and, and scheme that they have these days. But I think there are some guys who would, I think a guy like Keith Byers would probably have, have translated very well to the modern game had he had the same kind of, you know, training and coaching and things like that. Um, so that's hard for me because I do think there are some guys who just had like generational talent that kind of translates very well across eras Um But yeah, I mean, I, Justin Fields really is the culmination of a lot of that because he just, just so overwhelmingly talented and didn't have, you know, a flawless resume. He had bad games from time to time. So that's, that's what kind of makes it interesting to me because, you know, even a guy like Maurice who, who had an unbelievable season was injured and was stopped in a few games and didn't look great all the time. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott had tons of talent, all the talent in the world and still wasn't like 100% consistent. So none of these guys are like, there isn't a situation where, um, I don't know, they just, they're, they're these bright shining examples on a hill where you're like, okay, this person's got an unimpeachable resume. And because there's so many of their peers that are so good, I think that's, that's a really good question. It makes it hard. Um, but if I guess in terms of like raw talent, I mean, you got to go with Zeke and, and Justin Fields. I just think there's a lot of really there's a lot of good options out there. And, and I got to say, like, dude like J.K. Dobbins, who I really think will never get the kind of credit he deserves as a as a all-timer, you know, Ohio State running back. Um, I, I think is a great example of that because he, he really was fantastic and, and had to carry the offense for an entire season, basically um so i don't know i i that's what i'm talking about i I think it's important uh that you kind of look at some of those guys that might be overlooked occasionally um but that's a great question thank you for sending that in eric uh this is from matt from charlotte he says "Uh, i couldn't help but notice my pronunciation johnny's pronunciation of north carolina university that recently barely lost the university of north carolina Appalachian, and i okay which is how i've always said it uh, and that that's him saying that, not me. But upon my relocation to North Carolina, I discovered that they pronounce it Appalachian, the yep. horror. As of this week, I don't know if I've heard Andy pronounce it and possibly settle the matter. Three, zero, don't let us down, Andy. I'm going to actually preempt this real quick. I know I said that incorrectly. It is Appalachian. Yeah. Um. And i I said it incorrectly and I remember thinking immediately after the dubcast like can i ask andy to re-record because it, it no that's that's that kind of thing really pisses me off like i'm like oh I, I know that's not how you say it so it is appalachian and i'm sorry matt uh, from charlotte but uh they are correct and I, I think andy will back me up on that
0: yeah it is absolutely appalachian state and i can settle this definitively because uh in my high school and early college days i was i was in a national um honor marching band that uh the band director's um wife who was the administrative director of the band was the like i don't know director of alumni relations or something like that for appalachian state and she had marched in the drum line in their marching band back in the the 80s or whatnot so yes i can say they lived in boone i can say definitively appalachian state university yeah now um, in fairness to everybody else uh, you know what when i was a kid i thought it was pronounced appalachia that you know we're we're, you know that that's that the the appalachian mountains whatever it wasn't until i mean that makes sense because that is how you say those things right but it wasn't until i met her that no it's it's appalachian state yeah right true story
1: yep um so next question here this is uh this is from kevin who says who is your unsung hero against notre dame he has jesse mirko by the way first of all, I agree with that. And I also think that dude is kind of an unsung hero throughout the season. Like, I mean, throughout, we're talking about two games, but the punting for Ohio state has been just chef's kit. I mean, oh my gosh, like that's, you want to see that continue. And I am very happy uh, with what I've seen from that guy so far.
0: Yeah. 100% agree. Uh, I I've kind of been surprised, I think in a little, in a little sense that more people haven't been talking about how good murko has been and just the punt unit in general. I, I, now, now that said, you know, the punt return unit had a, um, had a pretty, had a pretty big boneheaded move there. Uh, a couple of them actually. Yeah. That, 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 stupid. yeah that punt return for a touchdown that got nullified twice. Uh, but I think Ohio state's punting team, punt coverage, the kick, they, they've been fantastic. Yeah. A- absolutely. I, that's a great, that's a great answer to that question. Put it in the book.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of of uh you know of, of punters in general, but especially kickers who are from foreign countries. That's always, you know, it's always a little bit of spice in the Ohio State stew. Um this so we got a really Cool email from uh Daniel here. And I'm going to we're gonna hold off on that one, I think, until next week. But I'll, I wanna read it in its full and it's it's really interesting. Uh he he writes a very impassioned um uh I guess discussion of bagpipes and how to get into it. So I, I wanna I wanna talk about that next week if we can. Uh and I wanna do it, I wanna do it justice. So we're gonna we're gonna put a hold on that, but just just so I know, Daniel, or just so you know, Daniel, thank you for sending that in and we will get to it. Last one here, uh, this is from David who says, I love that Andy Vance has taken over the debriefing because it has a nice tie-in to the dubcast each week, and I always read articles in the author's voice. Um, that's 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 pretty cool. I like that he's making that connection. Is that something you guys do when you know who the author is? And is there any way you can get Chase Brown on the podcast because I read his Scully's every day and I need to hear that voice that embodies those takes for a long time. I still read them in DJ's voice, which is really funny, by the way, because DJ has, in my opinion, a very hilarious voice. Um, So that's good that you're able to do that. We did have Chase Brown on the Dubcast um and you can go back and, and listen to that that was uh i believe episode 377 when he was yes. uh on to talk with us about the season preview so i i recommend you go back and, and check that out i think that's that's something you should do to maybe you know put some words to a voice david uh do you do that do you do that andy do you uh like to try to hear the author's voice and kind of connect the two
0: you know i when that's a really good that's a good question and i i would say my gut reaction is saying is to say, no, uh, I don't, I, I think it probably happens subconsciously if I, if I know for sure. Uh, but I would say just reading, mm, no, I, 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 don't think I do.
1: Yeah. Well, I kind of hope people don't do that with me. Cause, uh, I think my voice sounds stupid and <laughs> not, not really melodious any sense of the word the, so the if you're dulcet, reading my terrible the
0: dulcet tones of yeah John if you're
1: King. reading my terrible jokes about michigan i really hope they're not like made even worse by like hey guys guys <laughs> what jim Harbaugh's is stupid um but yeah sometimes i do do that actually because well because like i when uh when uh, spencer hall was doing all the everyday should be saturday stuff and i would listen to the podcast and, and i would kind of make that connection um you know because I would read a lot of his stuff and so I I get that what I think's funny is when guys who you read for a long time and you don't know what their voice sounds like or maybe you just know of a person for a long time then you don't know what their voice sounds like and then you do hear their voice and it's completely incongruent with what you thought it was you know what I mean and then that really throws you for a loop like the first time I heard uh Teddy Roosevelt Right. When I was a kid, because I read all these biographies of Teddy Roosevelt. Wow, this guy's a badass. He's incredible. Yeah, but he's got this. He's got the nasal mid-Atlantic accent, you know, the, the upper crust, like, well, we must go out there and defend and democracy. Like he sounds yeah, right. He sounds ridiculous. He sounds like I oh, just did a bunch of, you know, he just sucked in a bunch of helium and he just sounds like a big <laughs> nerd. And it's funny and it's great. Um, and I kind of wish I really wish that Abraham Lincoln you know had had lived the extra 20 or so years required for you know actual recordings mm. to exist because apparently his voice was hilarious he had he had a you know the 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 Kentucky nasally twang you're know, like yeah. hey everybody how's it going? and it, that worked for him but I think it would completely blow everyone's minds who you know know this sonorous like four score and 11 you know all that stuff so yeah i don't know I, i i think that's uh that's always fun for me and i enjoy that quite a bit so thank you for the question and thank you for all the questions everyone uh continue sending those in and we'll continue answering them
0: and a good reminder that the uh, dubcast is brought to you by the Dry Goods store at eleven warriors.com. Hats, t shirts, stickers, all kinds of fun things for the discerning fan of the local sports team. Got to check out some of the new t shirts. I just love them. There's so many really great. cool shirts uh, in, in these more recent batches of designs. So check those out at drygoods.elevenwarriors.com. Johnny, as we get ready to pilot this horse back toward the barn, you mentioned the coach of that team up north. And since you are our resident expert on all things Michigan, how are things going for the boys in blue? They're pretty good.
1: They're fine. I mean, I don't think they ever really had a quarterback competition. I think it was just, uh, you know, how can we make it so that Cade, you know, Cade McNamara doesn't have his feelings hurt. And, but the problem is, is he played poorly in both games against Colorado state, not poorly, but not great. He played poorly against Hawaii, but, um, you know, how can we make it so he doesn't have his feelings hurt enough that he transfers? I don't know that they really could avoid that. Uh, J.J. McCarthy is, is absolutely the quarterback. And, you know, Harbaugh made that clear that he's going to start against UConn. Here's the deal. And I just, you know, the, the threat level just published a few minutes ago. Um, Hawaii is probably the worst team in the country. They have gone through so much ridiculous crap in the past eight months or so. Uh, just with Ty Graham leaving, who was players called him a literal, like quote unquote, a tyrant. Um, they had over a dozen starters, I think transfer in that time period. They're playing on a, like basically a practice field that they put some bleachers up at. Uh, Cause they condemned Hawaii's like Aloha stadium. Uh, this is, it's a plus they had to, they had to fly 10 and a half hours to Ann Arbor, right. To get their asses kicked. So mm-hmm. this is, it's not a huge resounding victory for Michigan here. Um, but it, more importantly, it really doesn't tell you anything about JJ McCarthy. Now he he deserved to win the quarterback competition because he played better than Cade McNamara. But like, as a team, I think they're probably feeling pretty good about themselves. I still think they're probably a pretty good team. But honestly, the the available data right now is unbelievably thin. Uh, because they've played some really, really, really bad competition. And honestly, that competition is not going to get a whole lot better anytime soon. Um, So I don't know what all I can tell you about Michigan besides the running game looks good. Uh, Their quarterback, you know, look, McCarthy is a guy who can really do like a lot of different things. The guy is really fast, uh, can definitely pick up tons of uh, chunks of yards with his legs as well as his arm. Uh, they're wide receivers. They got Ronnie Bell back. That's cool. Although he's been kind of inconsistent. Um, they're a good team. They're, they're a good team. And, and I have the threat level at high for a reason, because I think they're a good team and they're still capable of beating Ohio state, but you're really gonna, not going to know too much about them overall until, probably until like october and and you know they start their schedule starts to pick up ever so slightly so um it, it's not really that interesting to follow them right now because you kind of know what you're going to get um i'm just here for the drama <laughs> and i hope Cade like transfers or something in the middle of the season because that would be funny
0: that would be uh as you often put it hilarious
1: yes it would be hilarious all I would right, laugh quite well,
0: a bit. another excellent. show. By the way, four friend. scored in
1: seven years ago. I don't know why I said eleven. I'm tired. Give me a break.
0: Yeah, I was I was waiting to see if anybody would catch that, like they did the Appalachian State thing, you know. Like no, but I knew it was seven. Week, I just, so. I'm,
1: you know, it's it's just a brain fart. <laughs> I know it's seven.
0: <sighs> <sighs> anyway, yeah. good times. All right, friends, we'll be back this time next week to talk about Ohio State's prime time outing versus in-state foe Toledo. Let us know what you think about the game by uh hitting us up at Twitter as I mentioned at eleven. Ohio State fifty
1: two Toledo ten.
0: Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm you know, last week I said forty nine to zero and they kinda let me down on that, but I'm I'm confident. I'm confident, so I'm gonna go uh I'm gonna go forty nine to zero again. Let's just roll with okay. it until it hits. Here's another
1: here's another quick prediction before we get out of here. I, I think uh JSN and
0: Fleming uh, get on the field a little bit. I think they try to bring to the Toledo have game I don't think the entire game. I don't think the entire. No, game. No, I said, but during, but in the Toledo game, See, I've got them. I've got them waiting till Wisconsin. But you think? No, they'll no, come no back I think they week?
1: will. No, I think they'll get them some reps. I think they'll get them at least, you know, two or three series, uh, to get them some game time reps and uh, you know, back up to speed.
0: All right, we'll find out. It'll be a good one. Uh, let us know what you think about the game. Engage with us during the game. We'll be tweeting around right along with you. And until then, I'm Andy. I'm Johnny. Thanks for joining us on the Eleven Dubcast.